Hello and welcome to the last episode of the Pardrift podcast. Well, not permanently, just for 2020, a year that I don't think anybody is unhappy to say goodbye to. And there's a lot to look forward to in 2021, but that's at the end of the podcast. First, just let's look back and see what Pardrift has been up to, what we enjoyed doing. Of course, 2020 was COVID-19 and that did cost us a lot of time and it's not like it's over, there's still people out there suffering, we still have to be super, super careful. But it did also cost us a lot of time uh, in terms of what we would have usually done, riding motorcycles, driving cars, creating content and stuff like that, which we couldn't do. And it also uh, showed us that we can create content from home and we had to do that for a while as well. So it has been an interesting year, but let's focus on information that we can use. And let's start with the motorcycles that we really enjoyed riding. Now, as you know, Six months of the year, we didn't really ride anything at all, but this has been an interesting year because uh, in no particular order of uh, merit, the first motorcycle that impressed us was the Tiger 900. I got to ride it at the international media preview in Morocco. Uh, the launch event itself was exactly what I was not expecting. The video guys weren't there. They were not ready to shoot the way we wanted it to shoot. So unfortunately, that video, if you want to see it today, you'll have to go to IGTV and it's not on YouTube. But the motorcycle itself, Triumph has basically nailed it. it they've hit it out of the park because the Rally Pro, which is the large motorcycle, which should have been scary for me because I'm not very confident riding off-road, that proved to be a super easy motorcycle to ride. And because they made it narrower, skinnier, taller and more capable, it felt a lot like the Africa Twin, which is an extremely friendly motorcycle. So that was really impressive. And the Tiger GT, which has a more road-oriented setup, also has a significantly different setup. So it was easy to ride as well. The slight changes to the engine, the updated electronics, etc., it all came together. And the Tiger 900s were really impressive. Unfortunately, COVID-19 means we didn't actually get to experience that motorcycle in India after that. And that's something that I'm looking forward to doing in 2021. Hopefully, in January itself, we should have a video featuring the new Tiger 900s. Of course, Triumph has other plans for India as well, and we'll talk about that in a minute. The other motorcycle that blew us away, of course, was the Royal Enfield Meteor. Now, Royal Enfield is a strange organization in the sense that they are stuck in the sense that all the riders who have ridden Royal Enfields and the guys who hate Royal Enfields, they both have a lot of cliches that they can throw at the brand, right? So if you ride a Royal Enfield, then people will say that you're riding something that vibrates a lot or something that leaks oil or something that breaks down. But if you actually look at it logically and rationally, Royal Enfield have actually done a smashing job of making great motorcycles over the last three or four years, especially since the 650s came out, right? They've also shown that they can take current motorcycles, which weren't so great, and turn them into really effective machines as well. And that's been the transition for Himalayan from what it was originally, which was a slow machine that vibrated a lot, had lots of reliability issues, to the BS4 model, which was a substantial upgrade. And then the BS6 model, which we rode this year, and I was actually blown away at how nice, how easy, and how friendly that motorcycle feels. But the motorcycle that really steps it up is the Meteor, because that brand new 350cc engine is absolutely superb. Like I've said before, it doesn't really rev out. It has a lot of torque and sort of like a Harley Davidson, you start getting to the peak of the torque and then you have to shift up. It doesn't really have anything else, but it manages that with its gearing and the format so well that the Meteor was one of the most enjoyable motorcycles we had. And remember, as we've said before, it is a format that is restricted by its own design where they can't really give it better suspension than they did for the Meteor, despite which it is such an impressive motorcycle. That means a lot for 2021 and we'll come to that in a bit. Then let's talk about Hero 160R, another organization that has actually made two or three very nice products in the last uh, few months. Uh, in fact, there's two on the, my list. One is the X-Pulse uh, 200 with the Rally Kit and the other, of course, is the 160R. 
Now we knew that the 160cc class, basic commuters, not a lot of power, not a lot of features, is a fairly simple motorcycle. But Hero actually went to a very different place with it by making it substantially lighter and tuning it for a sporty feeling. And I think that's very, very astute and shrewd because that's a young customer who's figuring out motorcycling for the first time and you want them to be excited about their motorcycles. And I think the 160R nailed it and it happens against a background of the RTR 160 which is an amazing motorcycle but it's a lot calmer and a lot more subtle than the 160R so the 160R really stood out for us. Everybody on the power drift team and outside who've ridden that motorcycle have come back to us and said wow this is such an interesting motorcycle to ride and for a 160 to be able to do that in uh, 2020 with so many options I think they've done an incredible job. And of course, the less I say about the X-Pulse, uh, the less it's needed because it's just fantastic. I rode the stock one first and the suspension was already impressive, but the engine was, a, was okay. The BSX engine is a much better engine. It's a lot more grunt. The oil cooler seems to stabilize and settle the engine. The highway speeds have gone up, refinement levels have gone up. And then when you add the rally kit, it's just insane because it does feel like a purpose-built dirt bike in many ways. And yes, you will eventually reach the point where you think a 200 and maybe you, they should have done a 250 and they should have had more power and that motorcycle will come. But the fact of the matter is, if you're starting out off-roading, you literally cannot do better than the X-Pulse. And I would say don't even bother with the rally kit yet. Get an X-Pulse, get nice tires on it, proper knoblies, go out, learn how to ride that bike. And then when you're ready to upgrade, just get the suspension and you will be sorted for a really long time. In fact, that's something that I'm personally working on. I'm sort of building my stock of off-road gear so that I can actually start going off-roading on a daily basis now that we have an X-Pulse Rally Kit in the power fleet. But that is a motorcycle that is dramatically good. So what other motorcycle? Oh yeah, the BMW and TVS 310. Now, we know that this engine was a good engine fundamentally, but it had vibration issues and all of that. And this year, after BSX, First, TVS brought out the RR310, which is insanely good now because the vibration has been solved. You've got the Michelin Road 5s, which are excellent tires. It comes together so nicely. And more recently, literally a few weeks ago, we got a chance to ride both the 310R, which Varun did a story on. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go see the story. It was shot in the night. It's brilliant looking, that video. And of course, we shot the 310GS as well which we shot versus the 250 Adventure in a beautiful corner of the world, not very far from uh, where I'm sitting right now. And all the three motorcycles come together now, the prices are in the right ballpark and they really feel what they do. In the sense that the RR310 is a versatile sports bike and it feels like it, it does that job. The 310R has always been a fun machine, but now all the minor niggles it had ironed out. The price, which was kind of silly at, in the beginning, ironed out. And then there's the 310GS, always had great suspension, now it's got an engine that feels happier so that you can go a little bit faster on it, it goes off-road, it's got nice tires, it just comes together. So to me, these are the motorcycles that were the highlight of the year for me. If you haven't seen these videos on Pardrift, that's the reason to subscribe to Pardrift. Hit the bell notification icon so you don't miss out. But the videos that I would like you to see are these videos. If you're thinking about buying new motorcycles, these are the motorcycles I think that were the top of 2020 for me. When it comes to videos, there were such great videos this year too, despite COVID-19, because I think some of the stuff that was shot at the end of 2019 got released in 2020, and that was a huge difference. And of course, we have to start at the bucket list. Now, the bucket list was a passion project for us because we wanted to tell stories about motorcycling and being out riding and all of those things. And I think those videos came together really, really well. You said as much to us, and I absolutely loved the two videos I was in, Varun and other people were in the other videos. They loved being in those videos and watching the videos in the final product. So from 
me, that's a huge, huge, huge compliment to the guys who worked on that project, where it was the guys who work on the script, the guys who shot it, the editors. It just came together. And if you haven't seen the bucket list, I promise you, I think they're some of the best motorcycling videos made in the world in 2020. If you haven't seen it, please go see it. We also had a lot of fun with our reviews and there are two reviews that stand out to me. One was the time when we compared the Benelli and the Java and it was Varun's idea to dress us up in 70s gear. So I had to grow out a little bit of a beard and a moustache and stuff and he dressed up. Actually Varun sort of conned me because I had to wear bell bottoms and all of that and Varun basically dressed like more or less like a colourful normal human being. But that video turned out to be awesome, we had a lot of fun with it and if you haven't seen it, that video should then there was Driftapur where we sort of riffed off the Mirzapur uh, series and uh, we were comparing the 160R to the 160RTR. I think that video turned out really well too. I got to play a character after a long time in a review where I was like this stern guy who is sort of dominant in the field and then Varun's the upstart representing the 160R and I think the review one side, I think the content was good but actually shooting that video was a lot of fun because uh, we had to be in character the entire time and that was a big, big difference for me and I think that would, that's a video that you should definitely check out. Again, if you missed out all of this, it's probably because you haven't subscribed and I think that's a good idea. The last video I want to bring up is, uh, is a very, very nice uh, video which I got to participate in, which was we went to uh, the Balkans, uh, that's uh, Bosnia, Serbia, all of that kind of part of the world, Montenegro, etc. Uh, got to ride an Africa twin manual around in that place and uh, Siddharth uh, Duga was shooting with me and it was a lot of fun, 10 days on a motorcycle, basically riding all day, every day rather than shooting all day. Uh, to Duga's credit, he didn't really slow us down, he was shooting from the back of the motorcycle for most of it. Uh, and uh, Anand, my friend, was with me, the chap from Indy Motard who I go to school with. And together, it turned out to be a very nice experience. Ten days in an exotic place with great roads, awesome people. That was a really fun video and if you haven't seen it, again, it's a part of the world that mo not a lot of people visit normally. It's not on their radar as it were and that has pros and cons, right? The pro is that when you do get there, there's literally nobody about and that sense of solitude and peace is a very, very strong feeling. The con of, of course is that it's not on your radar so getting there, organizing the logistics for it can be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, in the video is information as to how you can organize it. In fact, Anand Dharmaraj of Indy Motard can help you organize it if 2021 that's on your uh, list of things to do. But that's a place that I would love to go back to and ride again and again and again because there's just so much variety, such beautiful scenery. It's really a small piece of paradise in that uh, little place full of nice people and nice roads. Uh, so these are the four videos, well technically seven if you count bucket listers, four. These are the seven videos of 2020 motorcycle videos on power drift that I don't think you should miss watching out on. And now that brings us to 2021 and what do we think is going to happen in 2021? Well, I think COVID-19 is still going to be there. It's still a challenge that we'll have to deal with. Uh, just recently there were night curfews and all of that stuff. So we are still dealing with COVID-19 as a challenge both in our daily lives and as an economy and as a country. But as the industry has shown, it's not really slowed them down. Fresh products will come and I think at the top of the list, what I'm waiting for is the Classic 350 featuring the Meteor's new engine. On the Meteor already, that engine is beautiful because it's so easy to ride. There's so much torque, there's no vibration at all. When that goes into a Classic 350 platform and I'm assuming that they'll update the frame as well, the suspension as well, that should be a really, really spectacularly nice motorcycle. Staying with Royal Enfield, we are also expecting an update to the Himalayan that should come this year. And again, the BSX Himalayan is already a superb motorcycle. I can't wait to see how Royal Enfield will take that forward. Uh, the rumors suggest that the styling will not change much, but a lot of other stuff will change. But 
even if the styling changes doesn't change, here's a great motorcycle and I would like to see it improve further. Royal Enfield has shown that they're able to do these things. So that is a motorcycle I'm excited about. And if by the end of the year, we finally see the bigger Himalayan, which has been rumored for a really long time, uh, 650, 550, 450, I don't know what it will be. But if a bigger Himalayan also comes, I think that will be a smashing addition uh, to the market as well. And since we're talking about ADVs, and like I said in the KTM 250 adventure video, if you've not ridden an ADV out on tour in the country, you're missing out because they fit India so well because you can just go anywhere you choose to. And the ADV I'm personally waiting for has been the KTM 790 Adventure. I think finally in 2021, we should be able to get our hands on the 890 Adventure. Unfortunately, KTM's prices have been going up, but that doesn't change the fact that the international reviews tell us that the 790 and 890 Adventures are amazing motorcycles. And I can't wait to see how the 890 Adventure and Adventure R will do in India. And of course, the scalpel fans will also want to see what the 890 Duke and 890 Duke R will do. And to me, these four motorcycles will be super exciting, especially if KTM gets their prices in control. Also remember, Bajaj is investing in a new plant, uh, 650 crores in Chakan. Once that plant comes up, there will be a lot more KTMs, Husqvarnas and Triumphs eventually that will be in manufacturing at that plant in India, which also means we should be expecting a bigger range of bigger KTMs as well as better prices. But that's still at least, I think, 2022 or 2023. But for 2021, 890 Duke, 890 Duke R, 890 Adventure, 890 Adventure R, I think these four motorcycles go on sale. A lot of us will be really, really happy. Uh, yes, COVID-19 has dented our ability to buy big motorcycles. Uh, I was hoping to be able to acquire one of these last year. I've had to move that plan a year forward, but still, we are still here, we, we are still surviving, we are still excited and we still want fresh motorcycles. What else is in there? Do you think TVS will finally do something about the Zeppelin and launch it in 2021? Is that a motorcycle that excites you? A power cruiser format featuring a reasonably large engine, some amount of power. Uh, it's a very different format from the usual. And if you look at it, the Dominar sort of goes there. The Diavel is uh, the only motorcycle that you can really identify as a power cruiser today. Do you think that is a format that would excite you? Uh, let us know in the comments. Uh, again, Pardiff tries to respond to all its comments and I'm very happy to have a discussion in the comment stream uh, on the video, on the podcast. So leave us a comment and let's see where this goes. But we know that the Zeppelin excites a lot of people. It's a question that comes back to us again and again cyclically. Do you think that's a motorcycle that you'd be excited about? Let us know in the comments. Also in 2021 should be the all new Pulsars. Now the Pulsar is a slightly strange brand to me uh, in the past few years because they've really slowed down the development of that motorcycle. They've been doing minor cosmetic upgrades. They did whatever they needed to to get it past BSX. And the reason why it had slowed down is because Bajaj is preparing to launch their all new range of Pulsars, which is a completely new platform. That's new frames, new engines and all of that. And I believe that these will arrive in the market in the course of 2021, hopefully starting in the March, April launch season, which is usually when there's a flurry of launches just at the end of March and the beginning of April. Now, Pulsars are a big deal because they not only created what we understand as premium motorcycling in India, they're still one of the largest selling models, if not the largest selling model. Updating that for Bajaj is going to be a challenge because bread and butter product. And for us enthusiasts, that's a brand that always shows us or has shown us in the past what the next step is. It's something that I think they failed to do over the last three or four years and that's what should get rectified in 2021. That is super exciting. So all new Pulsars uh, should be a lot of fun to ride. Bajaj has also had a large role to play in how displacements have played out in India. So how the 160, 180, 200, 220 and all of these numbers arrived, many of these numbers have come via Bajaj. So again, the pulses usually have a huge impact on what happens next in that part of the market. Can't wait to see where they'll take it. 
and we also have confirmation from KTM that the 490 uh, twin cylinder project is a green light that should eventually mean a 490 cc uh, a 450 cc most likely or 400 cc twin cylinder Bajaj uh, Pulsar also I don't know that that's next year I think 2022 or 23 but there's a lot of stuff in the Pulsar uh, pipeline and that should be an exciting thing to watch. What else? Uh, Aprilia has just set the ball rolling on the SXR160, which is currently the biggest maxi scooter formatted scooter. I'm not going to call it a maxi scooter by itself because I don't think it has the performance or the space to really qualify as a genuine maxi scooter. But I know that a lot of manufacturers are looking at it carefully because the Suzuki Bergman has done so well for itself. So if we get larger scooters from that, I think that would be exciting. I love scooters. I love riding them. I just can't ride them for a long time because I get faster and faster and faster and then eventually I'll have a near miss or a close call and that sort of reminds me that I need to get back to motorcycles. I don't fully know why that is but over the last 20 years every time I've gone on a scooter it's been a week, week and a half of riding a scooter before I've had to say no, no more. I had to take a break, ride a motorcycle for a while and come back to scooters but I think a maxi scooter would be a nice addition to what the scooter buyer today is able to buy. I think that excites me. So if people like TVS who make excellent scooters anyway, if stuff like the NTOC or the Jupiter, if they were to get into the maxi scooter game, if Honda brings uh, the Forza 300, which they use imported, I think 10, 12 units of just before BS4 hit, uh, no, BS6 hit, if that part of the market starts going, I think that would be really exciting. That's something that I'm excited about. Uh, I would like Yamaha also to expand their premium range again. The R3 has been missing in action. The new R3, the BS6 version, the Euro 5 version looks amazing. I hope that that comes back to the market and Yamaha really puts a little bit more focus on their big bikes because they have so many amazing bigger displacement motorcycles. The MT range for example, the 07, the 09, the 10, uh, the R1 seems to be the only motorcycle that they're currently selling with any level of seriousness. So I, I wish that that would get fixed and I think one reason why that might get fixed soon is because Honda 2021 is going to be a big year for premium motorcycles. We are expecting a lot of action to happen at the red brand. Uh, they've already created the silver wing division within Honda, which deals only with premium motorcycles. They have the big wing dealers, which was in the news for the CB Highness, but I think the CB Highness is only the smallest product that they will sell. Everything else is going to be larger and more exciting. Fingers crossed, hopefully this year, what I would like to see on sale is the CB500X. It's a motorcycle I have absolutely loved every single time I've ridden it. I've told Honda as many times as I possibly can, uh, breathlessly and uh, almost gushingly that that is the Honda that they should be selling here. Hopefully this is the year that that comes and I think that will be super exciting. Of course, there will be updates to the Africa Twin and all of those things that will happen over the course of the year. But the fact that the big wing dealers will fill out and there will be a choice of bigger Hondas that really excites me. The reason why it excites me is also because globally, if you look at how the markets work in terms of the Japanese brands, it's usually the stabilization of Honda in a market that allows Yamaha and Suzuki's strategies to fall into place and really start working over time. So if and when big wing Honda, silver wing Honda, whatever you want to call it, settles down and has a bigger premium range, it will indicate to Suzuki and Yamaha in Japan what the Indian market really needs in terms of big bikes and it makes that process a lot easier for their Indian counterparts in terms of deploying it, executing it, getting permission as the investments. So Honda settling down will be a big event and I'm really, really excited to see what lies in store in the Honda dealerships because Honda has also said that they will take premium bikes very seriously, as seriously as they do the uh, Activa or whatever else in the sense that can it be manufactured here will be a question that will be asked for every model. If that is not feasible, will it go to CKD? If that's not feasible, will it go to CVU? Whereas a lot of manufacturers do the opposite where uh, CVU is the easiest option and then the CKD sort of arrives along the way and local manufacturing is not even considered. So from that perspective, 
the Honda big wing dealership and the silver wing division both have a huge impact and a huge role to play in what happens next. Super, super excited about that. And that brings us to the question that I know you want to ask me, which is what about electrics? Aren't electrics the future? They are, but I don't think they are the future for 2021. I think the amazing electrics are still at least two to three years away from us. So we will have more electric brands show up. Uh, think of the electric vehicle market as sort of like the wild, wild west. There aren't really that many rules on the ground. There's not that many segments on the ground. People are not really sure about what the price points are, how value is perceived. And by that, I mean, uh, is it possible to sell a 20,000 rupee electric scooter with very, very poor performance? Is that a good idea? Or is it better to sell a 80,000 rupee scooter with high quality and high performance is that a better idea where will an Indian customer perceive more value is a question that has still not clearly been answered whereas on for example the petrol engine motorcycle side this is a very easy question to answer where we know there are certain customers who gravitate to the 3 lakh rupee motorcycle with everything on it and there's others who would rather have a 38,000 rupee motorcycle which runs the basics but it does the basics really well so we've understood that market the electrics not so much so I think 2021 will be one more year where that product will evolve, the market will evolve and we'll understand a little bit more about how electric vehicles are perceived, how they are purchased, what, what they are purchased for and how they are used in the long run as well. So a lot of the startups who showed us motorcycles in 2020 and 2019, their final production versions should be out in 2021. So that's an exciting thing. Uh, to take you back, the ultraviolet F77, for example, uh, very promising looking motorcycle, didn't do very well when we rode it in the sense that it had a lot of electronics issues, battery issues that we had to deal with so that we could finish the shoot. But then they told us they were about nine to 10 months away from production, add six months for COVID-19 and you're looking at something that arrives on the market and is on sale, say October, November this year. Uh, 2021. So ultraviolet is one. Varun also rode an electric motorcycle called the M-Flux about a year and a half ago, I think. That motorcycle should also be somewhere close to launch. So there are a lot of electric vehicles that will come to the market. Some of them will be good, obviously. Some of them will be terrible. But remember, that's the nature of a starting market, a nascent market where people will try to experiment with all parts of this market before they figure out what it is that really works. So 2021 should be a huge one for electrics. I'm super excited to ride them because whenever I've ridden a good electric vehicle that comes together, even if a prototype that comes together for five minutes, when it comes together, it blows ICE engines out of the water in how easy the performance is and how nice it feels to ride. So when you get a really good electric vehicle, it will change your perception as to what electrics are able to do for you. So I can't wait for 2021 to bring us hopefully two, three, four of these amazing mind-blowing electrics that change your perception as to how your everyday commute or how your everyday using of a two-wheeler changes when you add electric to the ball game. Uh, I remember that when we rode the live wire, the Harley-Davidson live wire, it felt like a normal Harley-Davidson when you look at it and because the styling sort of goes there. But when you open that throttle, there is nothing else in the world that accelerates with that kind of ferocity with no sound, no drama and all of that. It totally changed my perception as to how I anticipate what an electric vehicle will do for me. You know, so I would like 2021 to be that year where not just me, but a lot of you guys experience that dramatic change in feel that an electric vehicle will bring into your lives without having to go to you know an expensive Hyundai Kona, MG, ZS, EV, an expensive car, something that you can afford and use every day, that would be amazing. So in summary, 2020 difficult year, we did have some nice vehicles. 2021, I'm hoping there'll be a lot of bikes and they will all be incredible because 
whenever I go out to test a new motorcycle, my the feeling that I have in my head is that I hope that this is the next game changer and that excitement is what keeps me going and I hope that 2021 brings that excitement into your lives, our lives, so that we get dramatically better motorcycles that changes our love for them dramatically, our experience with them dramatically and we have a far, far, far better year. Until then, please do remember that COVID-19 is still out there. You still do need to be careful and that does mean washing hands, wearing masks, staying away from your friends a little bit more than you're used to. But please do take those precautions because if you're going to ride for a long time, we have to be able to ride first. Thank you so much for watching. This is the Pardrift Podcast. I know we've not done a lot of episodes in the last couple of months. We were super, super busy just covering the ground that we had sort of lost to COVID-19. So many videos came out from that. If you haven't seen those, please go see those. We promise that the podcast will come to you more regularly in 2021. If there are specific topics you'd like us to talk about, please let us know in the comments. And if you like the podcast, please do share it with your friends. Thank you so much for watching. This is Shumi. This is the Pardrift Podcast. I'm so, so happy that we are going into a new year. Hopefully, it brings us hope. It brings us amazing new things. If there's anything else you're expecting from 2021, that's another comment you should leave us. Thank you so much for watching.